this episode is dedicated to a man very dear to all of our hearts. Staverton Bassandal, an obituary for one of Skittles' most notorious players. He were a true legend of the game, the landlord, we used to call him. A true English rose, he was. I've never seen a player hit for someone like Bassandal did. Staverton Bassandal was Skittles. There's no other way to put it. He were a player, a soldier, a man who stared into the darkness but could still see the pins. He was a master of the flop, a true pitman's foe. I've literally never heard of him. Uh, who? Born in the village in 1933, Staverton Handel came from a traditional British home and was introduced to the game of Skittles early. A long-held traditional belief is that after a child is christened, they must be taken to the nearest pub and placed in the diamond at the end of the alley. The father of the child is then blindfolded, and he rolls three symbolic skittle balls down the alley, each representing the skills the child will need for the game of skittles. Accuracy, power, and strong liver function. In Staverton's case, he was clearly blessed with all three. I spoke with current Skittles League president, Randy Pispins, who had this to say. Well, I've always believed his father blessed him that day. Something happened to make him the player he became. Now, I'm a believer in the old ways. You keep things the way they should be. Now, I, I know, I know this is a controversial tradition because of all the dead babies, but... It's like the always say on the alley. If you're struck by the ball, that's your own fault. Described as a thin and kind soul by his teachers and family, Staverton enjoyed a pleasant rural upbringing. He was one of the youngest sticker-ups on record, joining the profession age five and working for the legendary pub, The Wrong Dog. The sticker-up is the coveted job of replacing the pins after each player's turn. Traditionally a job for the poor folk, many say it was doing this job and witnessing legendary players such as Melvin's Special Hands and Dusty Cream Fingers that explains Staverton's natural aptitude for the sport and his fast-paced rise through the ranks of Skittles. It wasn't long before he was being headhunted, and at age six he became the poster child for Skittles for Peace. Founded in 1939, it was a Christian organisation that spread the message of peace across Europe. Staverton's face was plastered across Skittles propaganda, merchandise, game balls and Skittles pins. Skittles for Peace had intended to send a positive and peaceful message that they felt only the game of Skittles could bring. However... Their unwise decision to fly aircraft across Germany to drop Skittles, balls and pins means that even to this day, Staverton's face is a haunting reminder of those that were lost in what the German countryside refers to as Kegel-Tolzwick, or the Skittles Blitz. Throughout his lifetime, Staverton was unable to enter Germany due to Skittles for Peace remaining a terrorist organisation under German law. Skittles historian Graham Lachaire had this to say. 
Staverton had always said that not being able to enter Germany never caused him any harm, as he didn't want to go there anyway. It was unfortunate what happened in Germany during Skittles for Peace's campaign. I think they underestimated the damage that Skittles, balls and pins can do when dropped from such a height. Not to buildings. Most of them were fine. The real damage was when the pins and balls were dropped indiscriminately on crowds of people. This was not the best way to spread the message of peace. There is, of course, the now infamous story of Stamerton and the German lady. There is a disagreement between whether it happened in the Shanghai or Dudley World Cup, but the story is of a German lady who attended the games and went up to Staverton. This was long after the war. She was crying and angry, saying that Staverton had ruined her wedding day. Now, she was getting married in Bremen, North Germany. She was about to say her vows when a Skittles for Peace aircraft flew overhead and rained down its propaganda of peace from above. One of the Skittles for Peace balls came crashing through the church roof and hit her husband with a devastating blow. She was stood at the end of the aisle, her husband's head now replaced with the Skittles ball and Staverton's face staring back at her. The story goes that this lady then slapped Staverton and said, You are the face who haunts my dreams. Staverton replied simply, There are worse faces to dream of, love. After the Second World War, Staverton returned home to school, having missed much of his formative years of education. And now twelve-year-old Staverton was to be sent back a few years, as although Skittles had developed his aptitude for maths and his ability to drink, he couldn't read or write anything other than numbers and people's names in chalk. Teachers stated that they did not see much hope for Staverton when he left school, but they were wrong. On the 25th of June, 1950, he was drafted by the American arm of Skittles for Peace, this time for the Korean War. In Korea, United Nations troops push on in the cautious advance against the communists. An advance whose purpose, General Ridgway states, is not to seize ground, but to wipe out the enemy. 17-year-old Saverton was to become a war icon, dressed in a full-body Skittles pin outfit, a mascot designed by Skittles for Peace USA, known as Skittles Man. He was a hero to raise morale among the troops and spread the message of American Skittles across the world. A popular comic book was printed, and Staverton toured army bases across Korea, entertaining U.S. troops. He became so popular, he was eventually called upon by America's allies. However, a translation error meant he was introduced to the South Korean army not as a mascot, but as the harbinger of doom. He was soon put to work on the battlefield, armed only with a rucksack of memorabilia Skittles balls. He somehow managed to survive the war, returning home in 1953 to his childhood sweetheart, Elaine, still dressed as a Skittles mascot, with the sound of war ringing in his ears. A soldier who fought with Staverton on the battlefield had this to say.
I am unsure who thought him fighting was a good idea. That Skittles pin outfit he wore was massive. He was not equipped for warfare. We lost so many good men because he would give our position away. So easily spotted, his costume was two and a half meters high. But my God, could the boy play Skittles. He was truly blessed by God. It was an honor to serve with him. After three years at war, 20-year-old Staverton returned home and proposed to his sweetheart, Elaine, telling her that dreaming of marrying her is what got him through the war. In 1955, Staverton was to finally get his wish. After just four proposals, Elaine finally said yes, and they were to be married on the 2nd of November, 1955. Unbeknown to both of them, though, this was just 24 hours before the outbreak of the Vietnam War. Skittles for Peace USA came for Staverton that night. He awoke on an aircraft bound for Hanoi, once again dressed as a giant Skittles pin. However, a lady's error found him this time not with the US troops, but instead fighting for the Viet Cong. A spokesperson for Skittles for Peace USA said at the time, I'm not sure how this has happened. It is the complete opposite of what we intended. Staverton wasn't phased by the jungle warfare and remains a legend in Vietnamese culture, known only as Noi Goi Gambang Bang Bowling or Bowling Ball Man of Death. A result of his contribution to the nation of Vietnam, is that Skittles remains a popular game there, and in 2020, it will be the host to the Skittles World Cup. But Staverton was a changed man after the Vietnam War. On the 30th of April 1975, the now 42-year-old Staverton Bass Handel emerged from the jungle in which he lived and fought, and walked into the British Embassy in Saigon. It is here where he was immediately arrested and tried for desertion in a military court. Luckily, he was found innocent, saved on the technicality that he never enlisted and is not on record as a soldier for any nation. Unfortunately for Staverton, the court proceedings took two years, and so it wasn't until 1977 he was released from military prison and returned home. But neither incarceration nor 19 years and 180 days of brutal jungle warfare could kill his love for the game of Skittles. Albert, our sticker-upper, is signaled to uh, switch on the fans. On returning home, he joined a local war veteran Skittles team, where he was popular among the British vets. In those early years after Vietnam, players described his style as violent and hateful. I remember he used to just form at the mouth and attack players, regardless of what team they were on. I remember a Skittles game at the Open Hen around that time. It were a game of Westbury Six-Up. Each player has six balls. Whoever scores the most wins. It were a tie between Staverton and Pete Fish. Staverton just picked Fish up, launched him down the alley, broke his spine. Usually, you just roll another ball to see who wins. In those days, 
He used to sing haunting songs in Vietnamese to distract the other players. I can still hear them when I close my eyes. It is rumoured in the time after the war, Staverton Basshandel was responsible for the destruction of 60 fruit machines, the 1978 fire at the Dead Swan pub, and the death of 43 sticker-ups. However, no charges were ever brought against him. Besides a few violent moments in his career, he remains a respected player. With his near-perfect throw, he is the highest flopper in the history of the game. Between 1978 and 89, he was consistently the highest-scoring player and led six teams to win gold at the Skittles World Cup. In his memoir, Can't Knock Me Down, Staverton had this to say. By 89, the horrors of war were behind me. I'd finally found the second love of my life. It had been hard to get over Elaine. She had thought I'd left her at the altar, knowing nothing of me twenty year with the Viet Cong. I'm not sure what hurt more, waking up each night screaming the names of the war dead, or returning home, discovering Elaine were a lesbian. But in 89, I met Brenda Ninepants. She completed me, healed me, and I was finally able to sleep indoors again. Brenda and Staverton were married on the 1st of August 1990, and on the 2nd of August they left for their honeymoon. They had planned to spend it in the Orkney Islands where Brenda grew up. However, their light aircraft was redirected, Operation Desert Shield had begun, and Skittles for Peace were redirecting the Bass Handles honeymoon from Orkney to the Gulf War. Bastards. That's all I've got to say about them. Fucking bastards. President H.W. Bush had personally requested Staverton's involvement. He had been a long-time supporter of Skittles of Peace, who were part of his presidency's military advisers. Bush was quoted at the time as saying, Let's just make sure he is on our side this time. Once again, Staverton found himself on the battlefield without a gun, dressed as a Skittles pin. In his memoirs, Staverton had this to say of the Gulf War. All in all, it weren't all bad. I had Brenda with me this time. Mrs Skittles, they started calling her. But I did have to remind them that it were illegal for women to play Skittles. Eventually, Brenda would want to come to change that. And of course... That's what led to the breakdown of our marriage. She got ideas in her red, out there fighting for Skittles. <laughs> the Gulf War. That weren't a fucking war. There were only 22,000 dead. Brenda Ninepines returned from the Gulf War, not married to Staverton Basshandle, but instead known as Mrs Skittles, boasting of the lives she had taken in the name of peace. She began touring pubs across the world with one message for the game of Skittles. What ladies play!
She founded the First Ladies League in 1993, in direct contravention of pub rules of the time. But one pub let her. The Lamb and Bucket. Hamburg, Germany. The birthplace of the ladies' game. Owned and run by now legend of the sport, Angela Merkel. Angela would go on to be the world-class player she is today, renowned for her straight-alley punch and backhanded tickle. Two-time world champion and first female winner of the Golden Pint. She would also go on to become the Chancellor of Germany. Brenda and Angela went from strength to strength, and the ladies' game became a popular underground movement across the world. Ladies' speakeasy alleys began popping up, hidden in the back rooms of pubs, in garages, and it is rumoured that the largest ladies' alley in the world exists under Westminster Abbey, built in secret by Princess Anne. Royal favour for the ladies' game didn't bring about quick change, though. It wasn't until Brenda Ninepint's rousing speech at the UN in 1994 that the Skittles Association could no longer ignore the calls to let ladies play. They officially recognised the ladies' league and overturned all rules that prohibited women near the alley. The game was changing, but Staverton wasn't. He set up a new organisation known as Gentleman Skittles, and campaigned to keep the game as male as he could. He set about changing the way the game was played, and in the spring of 1995, after returning from the Bosnian War, he proved that even at 62, he could still reinvent Skittles when he debuted a new move, the Staverton Hose Launch. Never before in Skittles had you needed to bring an anorak. The first time I saw it, I couldn't believe it. I can scarcely believe it now. It was groundbreaking, and occasionally hospitalising. Up to this point, nudity had always been frowned upon in the game of Skittles. Traditional players believing that seeing the uncovered flesh of another man might turn you into a wrong'un. But Staverton's new move went against convention and saw him coaching a new player, Digby Remington, firing skittle balls from his penis for roaring crowds across the country. Staverton apparently began training Digby from a young age in order to build the muscle strength required to perform this inventive new move. It was a divisive moment in skittles. Staverton began to face a lot of criticism, Feminist Skittles writer Nancy Table had this to say. I never actually had a problem with the Staverton Hose launch. I thought it gave a new edge to the game and improved Skittles as a spectator sport. But to say that Staverton invented this style of move is once again to try and erase ladies from the history of the game. Genitalia Skittles play was actually born in the underground days of Lady Skittles, in the back alleys of Taiwan where the sport was a visceral exorcism of female rage. <sighs> the first recorded instance was by a giant of the Asian game, Shei Cheng Wang, in the back room of the dog and piano pub on the outskirts of the Ban Kiao district. It was a tense final, 
Wang was the final player up to the alley. Her team needed a doubler to win, and up to that day she hadn't even scored a flop. But she found the strength inside herself that day, and Wang brought home the cup with just the power of her pelvic floor. I have always stated the worst thing that happened to Lady Skittles was its legalisation. To many, it was seen as the recognition and the equality we needed, but actually, Lady Skittles lost its freedom, becoming gagged and bound, imprisoned by the Skittles Association and its entirely male leadership. Smuggler's Muff was banned just six months later. In 1997, Staverton became president of the Skittles Association, and during his leadership he introduced several new rules, which he continuously stated were in the name of health and safety. Female players were now to throw two rather than three balls in all cup matches. This included leagues where men and women played together. He then reduced the prize money for all female winners, as they now played with less balls, they were not doing the same amount of work as the male players. He also limited the types of sponsorship deals leading female players could enter into, defining the following three categories as being allowed. Washing powder, hairbrushes but not combs, and ladies' pens. This led to Angela Merkel being dropped by her sponsor, Eddie Stobart. During this time, many protested his presidency, and his approval rating consistently remained at 1%. Many tried to remove him from the seat of power with judicial inquiries, but all were unsuccessful. Nobody predicted that it would be the Taliban that would finally unseat him. Our war is a war against evil. The moment make- I saw that plane go into that tower... I knew there were only one response to that horror. I went into the back of my closet, and I got out a box I thought I'd never need to open again. I put on my pinsuit, because Skittles Man was joining the war on terror. By 2001, Skittles for Peace had changed. Now known as Skittles for Freedom, they welcomed their heroic icon to spread a new message that Skittles was not afraid, would not be silenced, and would hunt anyone down who didn't agree with its core message of tolerance. 68-year-old Staverton remained fighting insurgencies in Afghanistan for 12 years, until 2013, when President Obama finally allowed 80-year-old Staverton to return home. But this war, like all wars, must end. He returned from a war to a game he didn't recognize. There was a new wave of millennial fans taking Skittles digital across YouTube and Instagram. Staverton Bar Sandal is dead. 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 Your boy Skittles here. Stick around for the exclusive live stream. I've just got tickets for the game at the Howling Horse. It's going to be great. It's going to be excellent. Like and subscribe. It is uh, Skittles Lord 523 here. I'm here at the Broken Foot and the Muxley Hecklers are on fire. 
<laughs> Thanks for subscribing, guys. Yeah, 20 more subscribers, and I'm going to get a tattoo of Skittles on my face. <laughs> Skittles' first league had outgrown many of the pubs it had been traditionally played in, and all pubs were now streaming games online to reach a new and lucrative audience. The lifestyle of the Skittles player had changed forever, and in 2015, the first arena tours of the game began. Many traditionalists like Staverton said this broke the intimate banter between fans and the smell of the alley was lost. Most venues had also banned the popular nine-pint vessels fans usually drank from. The Skittles Association had changed since Staverton's leadership, and they were now following the money and erecting megapubs that could seat 60,000 fans being charged up to £80 per ticket. Skittles world champion player and renowned commentator Sally is not a fan of the sport growing to these new heights. See, I stopped playing in the major leagues because Skittles has lost the heart of the game. I'm not interested in this celebrity status all the other players are after. I haven't got a face for Instagram. It's all money and influence. We've been ruined by advertisers. We followed darts down a dark path when we left pubs. And recently it spiralled further than darts ever went. These arena games are too big. It's a travesty. There's barely any sweat and blood on the walls and you can't even see the game. They had Tagliatelle on the menu in one of these mega pubs. I don't even know what that is. I just play the Sunday League now. I want to smell the fans. Feel them breathe on me. You've got to be within spitting distance, see? If you're not going home with flame in your eye, then you're not playing Skittles. That's what Staverton used to say. <laughs> Next, they will ban glassing, and that for me will signal the death of the game. Maybe already died with Bass Handle. Staverton Bass Handle spent his final years hosting a Skittles phone in show on longwave radio. Unfortunately, we are unable to feature any clips from that show, as our lawyers have advised that due to the opinions expressed, this would be a hate crime. Staverton Bass Handel died alone in his sleep last Sunday. A man that divided the Skittles world, what will be his legacy? Six-time Skittles World Cup winner? Inventor of the Staverton Hose Launch? Or the 10,000 lives he took across five different wars? Regardless... Skittles man, we remember you. This week, a nation mourned. The Duke of Edinburgh, alone in the royal car with the royal standard flying, leaves Buckingham Palace on his way to the Abbey. Throughout London, all flags except this royal standard at Buckingham Palace are at half-mast. But at the Palace of Westminster here, in the morning sunshine, and at Westminster Abbey, the entrance to the door surrounded by flowers. People 
ten deep now on the streets, people with candles, people with cards, people with flowers, waiting for this moment, and the mood seems to now be becoming more sober, more somber. sings Candle in the Wind with new words specially written a few days ago by Bernie Torbin. Goodbye, Rose. May you well grow in our hearts. You are the grace that placed yourselves where lives were torn apart. You called out to our country and you whispered to those in pain now you belong and the stars spell out your name And it seems to me You lived your life like a candle in the wind Never fading with the sunset When the rain set in And your footsteps will always fall here Along England's greenest hills your candles burned out long before Your legend ever will Since last Sunday's dreadful news, we have seen throughout Britain and around the world an overwhelming expression of sadness. We have all been trying in our different ways to cope. It is not easy to express a sense of loss, since the initial shock is often succeeded by a mixture of other feelings, disbelief, incomprehension, anger, and concern for those who remain. We have all felt those emotions in these last few days. So what I say to you now, as your queen, I say from my heart. First, I want to thank all of you who have brought flowers, sent messages, and paid your respects in so many ways to a remarkable person. This week at Balmoral, we have all been trying to come to terms with a devastating loss. It is a chance to show to the whole world the British nation united in grief and respect. And may we, each and every one of us, thank God for someone who made many, many people happy. <laughs> 